Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. It's the podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Matthew. Today is episode 749. Look at Matthew chapter 9, verses 27 through 31. Let's read the passage. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he entered the house, the blind men approached him. And Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I can do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, Let it be done for you according to your faith. And their eyes were opened. Then Jesus warned them sternly, Be sure that no one finds out. But they went out and spread the news about him throughout the whole area. This is the Gospel according to Matthew. Matthew's writing this Gospel to convince people that Jesus is the Messiah the long-awaited Savior, the one prophesied throughout the Old Testament. And he's writing particularly to a Jewish audience, so he uses a lot of Jewish imagery, Old Testament imagery, in his Gospel. Matthew's presenting the teaching, preaching, and healing ministry of Jesus. We saw some of the teaching ministry in the Sermon on the Mount. We'll see some more of it after this series of miracles. And we're seeing a lot of the healing ministry in this section. There's nine miracles. Not all of them are healing, but most of them are. And he's divided these nine miracles into three groups of three. The first group was the healing of the leper, the centurion servant, Peter's mother-in-law. They had a little interlude where the issue of the cost of discipleship came up. Then we had the second group with the calming of the storm, the casting out of the demons, and the healing of the paralytic. Then we had a second interlude. We saw the calling of Matthew and the question about Jesus' followers fasting. Now we're in the third group of miracles. The last time we saw the two women that were healed, the one woman who had been having a problem with the flow of blood for years, and then the actual death of the young girl who Jesus then raised from the dead. Now we're in the second miracle of this group of three. So we start out in chapter 9, verse 27. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. So as Jesus went on from there, well, this is immediately following the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler, where Jesus has raised from the dead Jairus' daughter. So it went out from there. And these two blind men are following him. There's a crowd because there's just been this amazing miracle. So the crowd's following him from the house of Jairus back to, we're not told where. He does go to a house. It could be Jesus' house, because you know, Jesus moved from Nazareth to Capernaum. It could also be Peter's house, because it seemed they'd spend a lot of time there. Or it could even be back to Matthew's house, because that's where they were before they went to deal with the, the death of the daughter of Jairus. So we don't know which house they're heading to, but he's heading to a house. And there's these blind men, part of the crowd, following him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. Now, this is the first place we see son of David in Matthew as a title. Chapter 1 was establishing that Jesus is the son of David, showing the genealogy of Jesus, that he is the legitimate son of David. Son of David means something. And this is the first time, though, we see the title used in Matthew. We see it in six places in Matthew. Some of them, it's actually a title. Some of it's more describing him. 
And it's understood at this point in time, son of David means the Messiah in popular thinking. If we sneak back to chapter 12, verse 23, when we're starting to get a glimmer of who Jesus is, the crowd says, could this be the son of David? Well, what they mean by this is, could this be the Messiah? Then, when Jesus is hauled before the religious leaders back in chapter 22, and he quizzes them and says, whose son is the Messiah? And they answer, he is the son of David. So we see that the son of David means the Messiah. And one of the things we expect from the Messiah is healing. In Isaiah 35, verses 5 and 6, we read, that the eyes of the blind will be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped, the lame will leap like a deer, the tongue of the mute will sing for joy, for water will gush in the wilderness and streams in the desert. So we see that one of the expected things from the Messiah when he comes is this healing of people. And in Isaiah chapter 9, we see this description of the Messiah. Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, the government will be on his shoulders, he'll be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. The dominion will be vast, his prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on forever. The zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. So we hear, see here the, the Messiah, this description as to reign on the throne of David. So when these guys start calling out son of David, it's the first time we see it, but it has a lot of meaning to it. So verse 28, when he entered the house, the blind men approached him and Jesus said to them, do you believe that I can do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. So Jesus gets to the house he's going to, whatever house it is, and goes in and the men approach him. Apparently Jesus invited them in knowing he's going to heal them, I would expect. But Jesus quizzes them now. Do you believe that I can do this? Now, he doesn't always quiz people before he heals them. Why this time? We're not told. But I think part of it is that there's a lot of notoriety around Jesus right now as a healer. These guys, though, it's not just asking for healing, they're calling him son of David. They seem to have a little more insight into who Jesus actually is. And so he asked them, do you believe I can do this? They say, yes, Lord. I think it's just to demonstrate that he's looking for faith, not just desperation. He's looking for actual faith in him versus just people who hoping he could heal them because he's healing other people. And they respond, yes, Lord. Now, what do we make of this? What do they mean by Lord? Remember, the word gets translated Lord. It, it could just mean sir. So they could just be saying, yes, sir, out of respect. Or are they applying more of a Jesus, the our Lord and Savior? We don't know. We're not told. Verse 29. Then he touched their eyes, saying, let it be done for you according to your faith. Now, does he need to touch their eyes? Well, we know he doesn't even need to be present to actually heal. But often healing is done with a, a touch. And these guys are blind, so it's not like they can see anything. So touching them actually probably has more meaning for them. 
It says, let it be done according to your faith. It doesn't mean in proportion to your faith. If you have a little bit of faith, you'll get a little bit of sight. You could almost reword this as, since you have faith, you will be healed. Verse 30, and their eyes were opened. Then Jesus warned them sternly, be sure that no one finds out. So he didn't just warn them, he warns them sternly. Now the word has meaning. This is not a common word. It appears a few times in the New Testament, but not a tremendous amount of times. Often it's used as a tone of anger. So he's not angrily telling them, but he is sternly telling them. So we can underline sternly. He warned them sternly. Be sure that no one finds out. Verse 31. But they went out and spread the news about him throughout the whole area. Big question that pops out of this is, why? Jesus didn't make it a secret when he raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. He kicked everybody out, but I think that was just the extraneous people in the house. He hasn't made a lot of his healings a secret. The woman with the issue of blood, she touched him in public, and he proclaimed her healing. So why be sure that no one finds out? Well, anything we come up with is pure conjecture because we are not told. Now, a lot of people have a lot of ideas. Some say it's just because he wants a break from the crowd. That could be it. But I, I suspect that he's already got a crowd gathering. The crowd gathers with the issue of healing. People are impressed with miracles. But these guys seem to have a deeper insight. They're not just saying Jesus the miracle worker. They're actually calling him the son of David. So they seem to believe he is the Messiah. They seem to actually get it. And I think that's the issue here. It's not so much that he just doesn't want people to know he's healing, because they already know. Maybe he doesn't want the crowd doubling, because there's already a big crowd. But I think it has to do with their confession as son of David. And I think the issue is he wants things to percolate a little more slowly because there's been Messiah fever running amok every now and then. And I don't think he wants a messianic riot to take place, but he wants people to come to faith, not just get excited and jump on the Messiah bandwagon. He wants people to actually come to faith. And that's why he quizzes them about their faith. Now, in fact, Jesus said, don't tell, but they told. Is that, did Jesus know that was going to happen? So why even do it? Well, perhaps it wasn't as bad as it could have been had he not told them. Maybe they would have run out and yelled, the Messiah is right in here. People would have torn the building down to get to him. And we would have had a, a mass a messianic fervor going on of people just getting excited about it and not actually having faith. So. Like I said, that's all conjecture. That's kind of the way I process it in my brain. I think he tells them to tamp it down to the degree it can be and not let things get out of hand too quickly because he wants people to come to faith. This is very similar to a situation we'll see in Matthew 20 where Jesus heals two blind men. But really, the only similarity is it's two blind men, and they call out, have mercy on the son of David. But we see that in some other places, too. Have mercy on us, son of David. 
There's no reason to think it's the same scenario that Matthew's just repeating it, because there's still a lot of differences. Jesus healed a lot of blind people. So what's the takeaway here? This continues to show the authority of Jesus. And here, authority over blindness. But it's not just raw power of authority. There's joy, deliverance in these stories of healing, these stories of deliverance, these stories of casting out demons. There's great joy afterwards, not just Jesus throwing around his raw authority and power. Just as the question about the fasting, it's because this is a time of celebration being with Jesus. That's the way we should view it now, is the fact that we can know Jesus and know him intimately should be a cause of celebration. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Matthew.